The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Of starting strong. Ask your neighbor, have you started strong? The person said, I don't know what to do. You have to do what we've been teaching in church since crossover. That's what you have to do. So if you need to go and get the CD again. <laughs> it amazes me sometimes. Some people will be in church and they'll be saying they don't want to do. Go and listen to Supernatural CD. You will find out what to do there. And if CD doesn't work for you, go and copy it on your phone. Nobody in a church like this should ever be saying, I don't know what to do. With all the teachings that come to us in this church. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your problem? <laughs> if your neighbor has a problem, you shouldn't. I'm serious. In fact, there is too much instruction. So the challenge is to now discern the one that is actually your own. Because we are talking to thousands of people. See, when I teach, I will give you like five points. You don't need to do all five of them. Do the one that the Holy Ghost is telling you, my friend, this is your, your own matter. You should know what you should be focusing on now. And if you will just be sensitive and pray, and God will tell you. I mean, I know the things, at least some, enough to start with. And this is the beautiful thing about God. Once you take the first step, ask your neighbor, I hope you are taking a step. Then you ask your neighbor, have you start taking a step? Since day 17, no, look, the window to start is going to close soon. Windows. The windows for Supernatural 2017 is closing. I want admonition to everybody. These last three weeks, we started on Sunday. Make sure you can get that CD in case you've not be hearing and, every, and be praying and be... The window is closing. Before you know it, Supernatural 2018 is here. In fact, on the leadership level, we are already starting preparation for Supernatural 2018 already. We, we are closing the books of Supernatural 2017 by the last Sunday of this month. The aftermath we close. 2018 is here. The same in the same vein to start this year strong. The window is closing. Take a step. Take a step. And particularly if you need to go to another dimension. Some of us are more, you need that more desperately than others. There are some of us that are flying and coasting now. Quote and unquote, we can afford to continue to coast where we are. Because you're already at a good realm. There are some of us where you are. <laughs> In the language of Donald Trump, he's a asshole. You need to come out fast. <laughs> it's an amazing time. In the world, the United States president will give you something to work with every week, every other week. <laughs> you don't even have to be creative anymore. Donald Trump will give you what to work with. I'm telling you. You need to come out of that hole you are in. And one of the best things you can do is to do something different. Somebody here should be praying like they have never prayed before. You should be reading your Bible like you have never read it before. You should be listening to messages like you have never listened to before. Maybe you have never even sat down to listen to one series of messages. You better go and get that supernatural CD and sit down on it. You should be fasting like you have never fasted before. Find one, two, three things we teach and say in this church, particularly the one the Holy Ghost is scratching in your spirit the most, and do it like you have never done it before. Start with one step. And before you knew it, God has given you another instruction. And then another instruction. Hallelujah. Let, let me share this with you. See, the way God works is very simple. If you don't take a step, particularly if he has given you a direction, he will not talk again. So towards the end of last year, I mean, I, I shared it with our leaders. God said, telling me, if you want this church to go to another level, the current leadership of the church. Nothing wrong with the current leadership of the church. Please don't. God told me you should be balancing many things a lot more because how people are hearing what you are saying may be different from the intention you meant. 
So God told me that the current leadership of the church cannot take you to the next dimension of the church. Someone can hear that statement now and as think they are saying that God is saying the current leadership of the church is bad. That's not what he said. That's not what he meant. He just meant you need more. So, and that's all he told me. He said you need another level of judgment. So we started another um, leadership group, as it were. Still maintaining our former leadership. Well, we, started, we started this around supernatural time. We started being in film. This week, was it not yesterday or two, God now, after we are started, God now gave me some clear instruction. This is what I want that group to be doing. Just two, three days ago or so. Since November or so, when I announced that, he didn't see anything. If we had not taken the step to start that group, we still had a meeting on Sunday after service. Maybe he wouldn't have told me the things he told me two, three days ago. That has now made it clearer. Hey, so this is now the JD of this, I call it upper room leadership. That's how God operates. So if you are still sitting down, January 17th, particularly after the kind of convention we had in Supernatural, and you still don't know one step to take. Let me look at your neighbor. Why is your life like this? I mean, at that point, you know you are the one that's the problem. Some of you may not like some of the things I'm going to say, but God just said, don't be easy with them, particularly this January. Some people need a very good kick in the pants or in the backside. I'm serious. Time is going. Tell somebody, take a step, take a step, take a step. Hallelujah. Take a step. All right, let me just, there are many things that are happening. So, New Year is happening. Aftermath of Supernatural is happening. Divine Elevation is happening. And my teachings is, are just putting everything together. So, I'm teaching you about the New Year. Some of these New Year prayers we start praying. We are talking about gathering everything God released over us on us during our convention. The aftermath phase is still on. Take everything. You are not going to have that kind of meeting again until December next year. And the words that were spoken over you, the anointings that were... And they are still available in the air. I hope your Christmas chicken and New Year chicken has not stolen that anointing from you. Talk to me, somebody. Learn to maximize aftermath phases of major events. Sometimes the most difficult one is this year-end one because of all the other things that come to play. But separate them. So in my own mind, one year I'm doing new year. But in another portion of my mind, hey, supernatural. Glory be to God. And then we are talking about elevation. There are things that make people fly. A lot of that was taught us during Supernatural. I think Reverend George did the most detailed aspect of it. The other speakers who did a lot, don't forget to share some amazing things, using the analogy of the ego. And it's the same, when, when we teach you how or why people fly, particularly eagles kind of flight on eagles' wings, in the same teaching, and that's where I'm coming from, we can also discern or determine or identify why people don't fly. And I'm, I'm using that phrase here. So you won't get tricked into practicing anything that will not allow you to fly and still be expecting elevation. You need to be able to rightly determine what it will take for you to fly. Determine the kind of flight you want. Ah, I'm making 30,000 naira a month. I want financial flight in 2018. And my faith, okay, I can believe God reach for 100,000 naira a month. I want that kind of flight to move from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands. Beautiful. What will it take for me to experience that flight? You need to ask that question. And don't underestimate what it will take. Because the plane that will not travel at 250 miles per hour 
even though it needs 250 miles per hour to take off, it will never take off. All the prayer in the world will not make it take off. If that plane, because of its size and its weight and the people it's carrying, it needs to be able to go at 250 miles per hour and many other things. I don't know all the technical things about flight. I'm not a pilot. If they don't move that plane at that speed and every other, that plane will never take off, sir. You can pray for now to kingdom come. No, it won't happen. The same way, the guy that is making tens of thousands, 30,000, and he wants to cross over or elevate to tens of thousands, he needs to know. Look, I love what Jesus said here. I want to give you this scripture. I love it. God dropped it in my heart. Um, glory be to God. It's in the Gospels. I'm trying to just remember the reference. Tap someone and say, don't underestimate what it will take for you to fly. Luke chapter 14. And when you get to my, I would love you to read the entire context. Verses 25 to 33. But I will just read verse 28 for you to 30. Verses 25 to 33. You need to read it in context. I won't have time to do that. For which of you, he said in verse 28, intending to build a tower to elevate from 30,000 monthly income let me use a bigger amount. Am I talking to millionaires here? Oh, good. From 10 million naira a month to 50 million naira a month. I think that's a good slide. Which of you intend to build that kind of tower? To move from tens of millions to hundreds of millions or higher realm of tens of millions does not sit down first. That's the first thing you do. What you do first matters. You, you sit down first, count the cost, estimate what it will take for me to build this tower, whether he has enough to finish it. Less after he has laid the foundation, he started though, and he is not able to finish it, all will soon will begin to mock him. I prophesy over your life, you will not be mocked in 2018. You will get the right results. In fact, God will help you to exceed your expectations in the name of Jesus. But don't violate this principle. Don't underestimate what it will take to build that tower. Ah, Pastor, I don't know. That's why you have Holy Ghost, sir. That is why you have Holy Ghost. To tell you the things you don't know. Begin to pray. Start. You, you sit down. Sit down. Think. Okay, what do I need to do to start earning more? Start with what you know. And then begin to pray. And the Holy Ghost, ah, you also need this. You also need that. You need that. One reason why many don't fly is because they underestimate what it takes for them to fly. There are gravitational pulls resisting your flight. You need to know what you need to inject into your system to break the gravitational hole so that you won't remain barren. And God will help you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Of course, the second thing we've mentioned is that put God first. That's another very powerful flight key. Put God first in everything. In that area of your life where you want great flight, and really every area of your life, learn to prioritize God. And like we shared on Sunday, putting God first, in fact, I've gotten three a phrase that I think I prefer now. It has to do with position, which is priority. God must be priority. Number two, it has to do with the best. Giving God the best quality. And number three, proportion, quantity. Keep increasing these things. Praise God. Now, I want to go further in that word I mentioned to us on Sunday that the Holy Ghost dropped in my heart for this year. You mean to tell me you believed God and God did not perform what you believed? God did not do what you believed? So my new year phrase this year, last year was how markets and why is your life like my new year phrase is you mean to tell me. Just, I'm only going to stay with five because of time. You mean to tell me. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? You mean to tell me you served and God did not reward? Is that the God you know? You mean to tell me you obeyed and God did not bless? 
You mean to tell me you sowed seed and God did not give harvest? You mean to tell me that? If you are not careful as a Christian, you will slip into this lie of the devil that God is holding back on you. God is holding back on you. Ah, pray though. God just hasn't answered. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? Ah, I've served though, but God hasn't brought promotion yet. It's a lie. It's a lie. Let me first establish the truth. The truth in all these things. And I want to just focus on five things. Believing. We are believers. God wants us to believe. Believe what? His word. Believe his promises. Believe him. Praying. We don't do too many things in church. Or we don't have too many basic things to get right. Just focus on these things. Make sure you are believing right. Make sure you are praying right. Make sure you are sowing right. That's the third one I want to focus on. Sowing. Number four, serving. And of course, sometimes these things overlap. Glory be to God. So prayer can be a seed. Part of my stewardship can be my seed. There are people in church we call financial stewards. So their, their stewardship is that they serve God with their finances. Very, very important ministry again this year. I mean, we entered into something God helped us last year. God was talking to me about this while I was in the U.S. That instruction he gave us that I will fix everybody's financial problems. Anyone that can't pay for the things that are basic things, they should tell their pastor in church. And I will pay for it. But the phrase God has been asking me, uh, telling me a lot these days is, are you trying to tell me I can't afford it? And he's the father. I mean, the Bible said that the father, natural father, earthly father, that does not provide for his household is worse than an infidel. God's position is God's disposition. Or God's disposition is disposition. So if God says an earthly father that does not provide for his household is worse than an infidel, that means God will be worse than an infidel if he doesn't provide for his children. Because the Bible calls him a father. So God will tell me, you, are you trying to tell me I can't afford it? Are you trying to tell me that I can't afford to pay every, everyone in church that can't afford to pay their house rent? I tell me I can't afford to pay their I, I can't afford to build them house. So I'm telling you, look, what is missing here is no money. What is missing here is faith. Examine yourself whether you really believe I'm a father. And whether you really walk with me as a father. Are you trying to tell me I can't afford it? He, he, he has told me that. Are you telling me? When, when they bring, when people make requests. Are you trying to tell me? In fact, God said I should even add, so what we've been doing with welfare has been, you can't be in this church and not eat. It's unacceptable. You shouldn't be in this church and you don't have clothes to wear. Unacceptable. Go and disturb your pastor. Someone was calling me today, interesting from another installation. Hey, so he was telling me, I've actually told my pastor, hey, but you know sometimes my pastor, I said, you are not serious yet. Is it your pastor's problem? If you have to call him 20 times, call him 20 times. He has other things on his mind. Is he going to stop you what he's doing and carry your own problem? It's not your problem. Remind him. At least every two, three days. Soft reminder, soft reminder, soft reminder. By the time you do that ten times. <laughs> you know, some people are just funny. So, because you have an issue, I should now post my own life. After God has told you he's made provision available. You are not hungry yet. That's your problem. And God is telling me, I can, I, can afford for, I can afford to pay for these things. I can feed anybody that can't feed themselves. I can clothe anybody that can't clothe themselves. I can pay school fees of anybody that can't pay their school fees. I can help people with house rent. That can't, I mean, these are basic things of life. That if they are not there, there is no way you will have peace of mind at night. Am I right or am I right? But if they are settled, you can sleep better and pray better. And hear God. You know why some people cannot hear God? They are hungry. And they are not fasting. So it's better to feed them. Even God knows that. I can't remember the evangelist that used to say that. That God will never appear to a hungry man. Apart from us with a loaf of bread. Because he's not going to hear what you are saying. So nobody should be in this church that is hungry. 
you shouldn't. And God is saying, I can afford it. And he has been affording it. He has been, I mean, we started the journey in September. I told them to even give me a report. I saw the millions and they are still money in the account. The church has not closed. And it's not disturbing anything else we are doing. He gave us a wisdom to do it. He gave us a budget to do it. He has given him some more instructions I'll be sharing with the church as we go on. So God has now told me those four, feeding, clothing, schooling, house rent. He now said the next one now, debt. Because that's another body that Satan can use to pile. If you are indebted, and you, you, can't, you better come and tell your pastor. Unless I believe God. God is saying, are you telling me I can't afford to pay the debt? That's the fifth one we are adding now. Somebody say we're elevated. And we have a good father that can pay for it. Please, oh, here, oh, it's not Pastor T that's going to pay for it. I hope you know Pastor T cannot pay your debt. So, those of you, because some people may even and they say that church is low. No. You be praying on your side while we two are believing God with you. No, I'm serious. <clears throat> I'm not telling this thing because I have one $20 million in an account somewhere. Okay, even if I have $20 million, what if you now have your say $25 million? What's going to happen? So, don't look at Pastor T and don't look at King's Word. Somebody say, look to your father. This is what he told us. You see, what God has helped me to do over the years is number one, to hear God and two, to hold on to what he says. I will pay for everybody's financial. And he said everybody. And he gave me scriptures. Brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among them. Share those scriptures. To early church, everybody, everybody's, there was nobody that was needed in the church. Say with me, we'll do it again. So God told me, what is missing is faith. Go and examine yourself and examine your faith. Whether you believe I can do it. So that's, that's where we should start from. Do you believe? Are you telling me you believed and God did not perform? Could it be that you are not believing, sir? Examine yourself. Second Corinthians 13.5 I hope you have put that scripture inside your spirit between Sunday and now. Or you have started the journey. Examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. That's what God said. That's what is missing. No, what is missing here is not provision. What is missing here is not money. What is missing here is not a God that doesn't have ability. Can I hear somebody shout, My God is able? Let me tell you what is missing. Somebody that is supposed to be believing, perhaps, perhaps, is not believing. So say, Check whether you are believing. Maybe the CNN reports or the NTA reports you've been hearing about recession has created some doubt in your heart. Maybe, maybe. Examine whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Test yourself. Do a faith exercise. Do you not know yourselves that Christ is in you? God is in you? Let me bring it down. So we are talking about meeting needs here. Don't you know that the riches of God in glory is inside you? Sir, you have all the money you need in the world. But it is not in GT Bank. It's Christ's riches in where? Glory. It's in spiritual places. The only way those riches can move to earthly places is through faith. So that's why I'm telling you, examine yourself whether you are in faith. You just handle your believing God. And God is going to help you to have faith. Oh. So you know faith comes by the word of God. So God will give you the word. The spoken word. He will tell you, I will pay for everybody's financial burdens. He will speak it to you. You now, you now have to, did you hear it when he spoke it? And to, do you, are you believing it? Or two months after you have forgotten it? So me, I'm holding on to the word though. I'll never forget one video we had. Somebody just woke up to me, prophecy. It's this, along these lines, and it's after that that God gave us all that many people are not rejoicing in church. That's what she wrote. So just a random person in church, not a pastor or something. Because of the burdens on their mind, the rent they have not paid, the school fees they have not paid, and you need to stop that nonsense. Like I said on Sunday, you can't be putting the problem on your mind 
when you have relationship with the solution provider. Put the solution provider, say I have a good, good father, on your mind so that I can solve the problem. He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. So this, all these things God is doing is to get to the point where you stop worrying. At least let's start with the basics. You may not have a five-star hotel room, but at least you have somewhere you can lay your head. And from there, you can start praying very well. You may not eat a three-course meal, but at least you eat something so your stomach won't be empty. You may not wear three-piece suit or Gucci, but at least put on some clothes. So your nakedness will be covered. You may not be able to go to Harvard, though. At least church is not going to pay your Harvard school fees. I can guarantee you that one. That one even say if God speaks. You know, he confirms the counsel of his messenger. I will give God counsel. Rather than paying for Harvard, God, let me counsel you, sir. We use that scripture to counsel God. But at least get an education. And if you are indebted, God said, I can pay for the debt. If you are my child, though. Glory be to God. So our part is to believe. Ask your neighbor, you mean to tell me? You believe. And God did not answer. I mean, God did not perform. <coughs> Excuse me. Second Chronicles 2020. Let, let's drill down on that faith business here. Because this, this is how we should be examining ourselves. Not to condemn ourselves. Not to depress ourselves. Not to make our belittle ourselves. Mm -mm. So that we can begin to enjoy what God wants us to enjoy. We need to believe, sir. We need to believe. We need to pray. We need to serve. We need to sow. We need to obey. We don't... Look, that's what I'm, I just want to stay with these five things. There are many other things God may talk to you about in your private dealings with him. Like when I was talking about um, underestimation, one of the other thoughts that came to my mind is people. Don't underestimate people. The new kicked off last Sunday. The church being pastored by young adults. I remember when Dr. K was the season that we should start now. I was like, ah, sir, we need to train these people more. Blah, blah. I said, no, I want them to start December. They said, last, last Sunday service, they said with over 300 people in their service. Tap someone and say, don't underestimate people. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. I said, tap somebody and say, don't underestimate people. I mean, that's a church by any standard. 300 people. Don't underestimate people. Now, I didn't preach that. That wasn't one of the things I'm focusing on. So, apart from these five things I'm saying, God may even bring some other things in your own prayer and personal study. But if you believe, and I'm not trying to cast doubt on your faith, I want you to come to this place where you know that, look, God's side is settled. Can I hear a loud amen? And all I need to do is just to be working on my own part of the deal. My part is to believe. And when you are examining yourself, two things may happen. Number one, you may be a Joseph in prison. You are actually believing right. You are on course. Glory be to God. Let me look at your neighbor and say, you look like you are on course. At least you are in here for the midweek service. You look like you are on course. You may be a Joseph in prison. It's just not the set time for your manifestation. So, you may not necessarily need to adjust anything where your faith work is concerned. But in the same vein, you may have missed it somewhere in your work of faith. And what the Holy Ghost will help you to do, which is what God wants to do in your life this new year, is to correct the errors in the way you are applying your faith so that by this time tomorrow, God can perform what he has promised in your life. That's what we are working towards here. Are we together? Again, I hope nobody is using their time to be depressed or to be bitter or to be downcast. Hello? Please let me look at your neighbor. I hope you know you don't have time for that nonsense. Look, it doesn't matter how terrible your 2017 was or how it ended. Depression is not going to help you. Don't get bogged down that ah, another year came to an end with what I wanted to see. It may happen in January. Glory be to God. 
Can someone that is expectant lift their hands and give the Lord a loud shout of praise? Let's get with the program. Get with the program. So God's part is settled. So what you and I need to work on is what I need to do. And you need to come to it. This is how I do these things. I know somewhere in my Noah that if I can serve God right and obey God like he wants me to and believe God is too faithful not to do what he has promised. Glory be to God. So if I'm not seeing a manifestation of what he has promised and I think it is due or overdue and I want it to happen, the first place I go to, I don't go and start questioning God. Or start acting as if eh, God has forgotten. Mm. That's pride. That's arrogance. That is a lie. That is rude. I don't worry about God's part. I examine myself that perhaps because I'm the one that is not perfect. Maybe there's something I need to adjust in my stewardship. Maybe. I may not need to adjust anything. I may be okay. It's just that it's not yet set time. In the course of this race, I hope I'll be able to talk to you about the set time. Some things are set time. A woman that is pregnant in month three doesn't start complaining that ah, this baby hasn't come out. But she will go for antenatal and check. Is the heart still beating? Is everything still okay? While I wait in the manifestation. Examine yourself. Test yourself. God is too faithful not to do what he has promised. is a good way to start your year and your half year and your quarter and your month and your week and your day your morning your afternoon your evening your hour your moment your minute of course you know you can't do it every minute <laughs> but at least my friends you have to do it once a year can i hear a loud amen <laughs> Second Chronicles 2020, the latter part. Believe the Lord your God. You shall be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not do what he said? No. So th this is the standard. This is the truth. If I believe, I will be established. If I believe, two believes there. Believe God, believe his prophets. Now, let me tell you where I'm going with these teachings. This is a word church. A lot of you have been coming to church for years and you have been taught. But maybe you are not seeing the manifestations you desire yet. There is a likelihood that you are not believing. Most likely, I would say most people in my own judgment are not in that category. The challenge for the most part is that you are not reading the fine details. And that's the next word I'm going to talk to you about. Why people don't fly. They don't read the fine details. So the next word is fine details. I won't be able to go into you tonight. Fine prints. Tap someone and say terms and conditions apply. I'm telling you. It works with God as well, not just MTN or any other service provider. Terms and conditions. So look at this now. I was telling you about faith. Someone may say, I only need to believe God. Yes. But redefine it. It's not only God you need to believe. You also need to believe God's prophets. Fine details. You see, believing is what is needed. Faith is what the fine print said, sir. Believe God. So imagine someone that's saying, the only person that I talk to, the only person I listen to is God. I only read my Bible. All these men of God say, I don't, ah, you will come there. You will come there. See, you are, he's believing all right. Look at fine print. 7 Chronicles 2020. Believe the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. So number three reason why many people don't fly. Or one key to elevation is whatever it is you are trying to get God to do, read the fine prints. Somebody say fine prints. Say with me, underestimation. Don't underestimate what it needs to fly. Say with me, first. Put God first. I'm giving you just one word. The third word I'm giving you is fine prints. Particularly when you're not seeing the result. If you are praying and God is not answering, go and get a good book on prayer. Or listen to some of Pastor T's teachings on prayer and check the fine prints on prayer. I was listening to somebody just recently talking about prayer. 
And he said, but he was quoting from this um, scripture. One of my teachers said, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that I may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. He said, one of the reasons why God doesn't answer they don't come boldly, they come beggarly. Like personnel was teaching us, was it grace culture? God, I beg. God, I beg, I take, beg you. Those kind of prayers will never be answered. He's praying quite alright, but he's praying beggarly as if God is not his father. Children don't beg their father to give them food. Healing is the children's beg. You don't take God, I take beg, you take this prayer, I beg, and you will never be answered. Fine prince. You don't come beggarly. Come boldly. You need to know God is your father. I am his child. He has made a way for me to come. And you come with that confidence. And you get answers. That's a fine print. So we'll talk about fine prints later. But let me establish this thing here. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not answer? Luke 145, blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment, a performance, KJV says, of those things that were told her from the Lord. Mary believed. God performed. And keep in mind that what she believed was absolutely out of this world. A virgin will conceive. Crazy thoughts. Number two, a virgin will conceive and give birth to God. Human being give birth to God. She believed it all. Look at her neighbor and say, what are you struggling to believe? Somebody just believed that she's going to father God or mother God. <laughs> say, what are you trying to believe? Somebody just believed she's going to have a child without a man. So Jesus will tell them, oh, you of little faith. Or, oh, you of no faith. Where's your faith? Then he will commend them, great is your faith. Fine prints. Faith, oh. From zero to great. But zero doesn't bring manifestation. Great brings results. How can you believe that you will have a child without knowing a man? Then how can you believe that you are going to give birth to God? You know everybody will say you are crazy. Go to MTN or AT or Facebook and say, I am going to give birth to God by this time tomorrow. Just try it. <laughs> Post on your Facebook wall that I just received a revelation. An angel came to me. And said, I'm not going to sleep with any man. And on top of it, I will get pregnant and I'm going to give that to God. You know they will come and take you to Yaba left. Most likely your father will be the one to take you. <laughs> Glory be to God. Romans 4.3, talking about Abraham. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Please take note of believed God. That's why I'm You need to believe God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. What did Abraham believe? There are, that, that phrase, Abraham believed God, was recorded in Genesis 15 verse 6. In Genesis 15, this was after Abraham had rescued Lot and had given Melchizedek the tithe. And Melchizedek had blessed him. And the Bible now said, after these things, Genesis 15 from verse 1, the Lord God spoke to Abraham. Then Abraham obviously had a concern on his side. And he told God, God, I don't have a child. The heir of my house is going to be my servant. Eliezer of Damascus or something like that. Then God said, no. Your heir will be some, somebody that comes from your... That was the day Abraham believed. It wasn't after Sarah got pregnant that Abraham believed. It was when there was no chance or no sign or no evidence that he will ever have a child. Genesis 15. Genesis 15 was a good 13 years at the minimum before Isaac was born. A good 13 years at the minimum. And Abraham carried that faith Till the day Isaac was born. It's not that he stopped being in faith. See, that's Abraham believed God. He continued to be in faith. And side lesson here, very, very important. You will, I've shared with you about Abraham's story before. Even though Abraham was in faith, he still made mistakes. 
This was before he and Lot, he and um, Sarah did the rascality of Genesis 16. So it's possible fine print for someone to be in faith and say walk in error. That's a lesson for another day. But the bottom line is he was in faith. How did he come to faith? God said you will have a child. Not the doctor said. Not the bank account said. Not the economy said. God said. God told him. He, he had God's word and he held on to it. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not do it? This man had a child at 100. His wife had a child at 90. 90. 90. 90. 90. 90. God, the Bible gave us the fact. They believed into that delivery. The conception took faith. The carriage of the pregnancy took faith. The giving birth to the baby took faith. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not do it? They believed though. There is no body in scriptures that believe that God did not perform. There is no body in 2017 that believes that God will not perform. So walk on believing. Examine yourself. Test yourself. When you catch yourself speaking unbelief or embracing depression or sorrow or self-pity, shake it off. The thoughts will come. You will not be a normal human being if the thoughts will not come. Abraham made his mistakes. But still stay in faith. You can be in faith and still make mistakes. Can I hear a loud amen? Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4.13. Let me give you one more on believing. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not do it? It's impossible. So it's possible you are not in faith. So he said examine yourself whether you are still in the faith. You may be doing exercise, or you may be coming to church, you may be coming for but you may not be in faith. Now, it's also possible that you are in faith, but you are making mistakes, like Abraham. He was in faith. The day Sarah brought Hagar, Abraham was still believing the word of God, but he made a mistake. As Abraham was sleeping with Hagar, he was still believing. The Bible never said Abraham stopped believing, but he was still making a mistake. The day Ishmael was born, Abraham was still believing that what God told him, but he was still in error. Fine prints. So it's possible to be doing it, and this way I'm going with this fine prints teaching, do it well. You are serving God, serve God well. If you are in faith, be in faith well. If you are praying, pray well. Keep learning the mysteries, particularly when you're not seeing manifestation. That's what you do in the time of when I started believing and now manifestation has come. When the church has not grown like you want it to grow. When the money has not come like you want it to come. When the healing has not manifested like you want it to manifest. When the spouse has not showed up like you want the spouse to show up. Go back, check how you are faithing, how you are sowing. How you are serving. Just look for some more fine prints. Two outcomes are what can happen. God has said, no, you are fine. You are Joseph in prison. Just continue what you are doing. At the same time, you will be elevated. Or, sir, don't do that aga move you are trying to do with an arrow. And you retrace your steps. And you stay back in faith. That's all. Those are the two outcomes when you do this, examine yourself. God is not going to condemn you. Can I hear a loud amen? God will never condemn you. You won't stop being a child of God. You won't stop being a King's Word member. You will not lose your righteousness. Only two things can come out of this exercise of examining yourself. One, you are okay. It's just not time. You are in the second month of your pregnancy. Pregnancy takes nine months. Continue what you are doing. So all you need is what? Patience. Somebody say faith and patience. The second thing is, a Sarah suggested a Hagar project to you, which is not the will of God, and you have embraced it in your heart. Hey, I'm going to go and sleep with that man next week. 
And in the place of examining yourself, God will now correct you. Don't make that move. Oh, that's an error. That's all. And you, if you are humble enough, you retrace your steps. And you spare the world from Fulani headsmen that are killing people anywhere all over the world. <laughs> Praise God. Second Corinthians 4.13 and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Knowing, verse 14, that he who raised up Jesus, the Lord will also raise us, raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Apostle Paul was the one that spoke this. So, Apostle Paul believed. And God did what he did in his life and his ministry. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not perform? No, it can't happen. Apostle Paul there was quoting David. David believed. Hallelujah. David believed. If you, I, I will study Next week, I'm going to bring you, I want us to study. You see, one of the things I want to bring out to you here is this. When Mary started believing God, she was an outcast. What happened when she started believing Joseph and all the engagements? Everybody in the village must have thought she was crazy. Most likely, her parents disowned her. She had to go and stay with Elizabeth for six months. Someone else that God had done something supernatural with another crazy testimony. She became an outcast, but she kept believing. When Abraham believed, 13 years before the manifestation came, when they made that, Abraham believed God. The day Abraham accepted finally that ah, God is going to give me a child, supernatural. And he still made mistakes, but he still believed. If you study the day. Just, um, David made, we'll look at it next week by God's grace. I want to know something, but I want to just mention this here. The day David made that statement, we have the same spirit of faith. David was referring to the faith of the patriarchs like Abraham. We believe and speak. Paul was referring to David. So he's saying that it's the same spirit of faith from generation to generation we've been dealing with. But the day David wrote the psalm, let me say it this way, that David wrote that statement in, I believe and therefore I spoke, he was afraid for his life. He was begging God, was asking God, ah, God, spare me that they won't kill me. When we studied the psalm, you see that. Circumstances didn't look right. He was a fugitive. He was scared for his life, but he kept on believing. So keep believing. Manifestation or no manifestation. Your mistakes or no mistakes. Time has gone or time has not gone. Things are looking right or not. Keep what? Believing. Because if you believe, like all these people here, God will do what he has promised to do. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Let's talk about prayer. Come to this place where you know that if I stay in faith, holding on to God's word. I mean, anytime people call me or tell me ah, I'm sick, or if I'm never sick, I, I've just trained myself. My response is the same. It has been the same for the last 25 years. By his stripes you are healed. Because I know if you can stay on those words, healing will come. Healing will come. God will do it. The only time God will never do a, perform a miracle in someone's life is when they don't believe God's word. When Satan manages to get them to stop believing or to start doubting. Just stay with God's word. Know that God's path is perfect. If I believe, God will perform. Come to a place where you know that if I pray, God will answer. When you have that kind of belief, you will always be praying. They won't have to be chasing you to come for pursuit meeting or pray with us. Okay. Mm. You know why people don't come for prayer meetings? Either private prayer or corporate prayer. Do you know why? They don't believe that God will answer their prayer. You know, they won't say it that way. And I grant you that, at least, that means you are still sin. No same person will say that, particularly if they are in church, God will not answer my prayer. They won't say, but it's showing you your behavior. You see, if you know that when I pray, God hears and answers, you will not be found not praying. 
where two, three days go by, you have not prayed, you start feeling uncomfortable. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? It's one of two things. Maybe you are not really praying. So examine yourself. Check your life. January to December 2017. What was your prayer life like? You will know whether you are praying or not. And if you are praying, maybe you are praying, um, God, I beg, I beg, I beg prayers. So learn the fine details. Somebody say fine details. Tell your neighbor, don't underestimate what it takes to fly. Put God first. Apply to the time. I'm sorry. Um, let, uh, let, let me rephrase this. Um, abide by the terms and conditions. Tell him, abide by the terms and conditions. The Bible tells us how to pray. So it's not just enough to pray. You must now learn prayer. So when you are praying, if you are praying and you are not getting the results, check how your prayer life is. Jabez. We talked about Jabez on Sunday. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. His mother called him um, 1 Corinthians 4 and 9. His mother called him Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. More or less place the curse on the guy. So, called him pain. That's what Jabez means. It causes pain. May your life not be a life that causes pain. And may nobody ever place a label on you that your life causes pain and you too you accept it. Like somebody else, if Donald Trump's like, let him call um, the nation, S-whole nation. We don't have to accept it. Even if there are S-whole circumstances and manifestations around us. Praise God. That's his own opinion. And Jabez came to that place where he grew up to that. That's my mother's opinion. So the Bible said in verse 10, he called on the God of Israel. And that's a big lesson in that. Who are you calling when you are praying? The name you call matters. And he prayed. Like I told you on Sunday, he prayed. He just didn't, you know, some people you can tap them, what are you praying for? If I ask you now, what are you praying for? They can't tell me. These are fine details. So instead of saying, God bless me, but he, he, he listed out the kind of blessing he wanted. So it's either you are not praying, like Jabez's brothers were not praying. That's what I believe the Bible means when the Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. When they were sleeping, he was coming for pursuits. When they were watching premiership, he was doing pray with Dr. K. Don't move too much. They won't know I'm talking about you. He was more honorable than his brethren. He prayed. And God answered. So, God granted him what he requested. Lift your hands. I prophesy over you. In 2018, God will grant you what you have requested. I decree authentic Ephesians 3.20 testimonies in your life. God will do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? Either you didn't pray or you are not abiding by the terms and conditions of prayer. So you examine yourself. And if you do that rightly, the Holy Ghost will tell you, Pastor T, this is how you can adjust your prayer for better results. Like God is telling me, Pastor T, this is how you should adjust the leadership of the church for better results. This is how you should adjust the giving of the church for better results. That's all. This is how we elevate in the kingdom. This is how we go from glory to glory. May this, I prophesy over you, this is the least you will ever be. But please examine yourself. James 5.17 Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He too wanted to watch Champions League. He too wanted to watch Premiership. And let me bring a balance here. Please, oh, I'm not saying you should not watch football. Oh. I watch from time to time. I'm not saying you should not watch Game of Thrones. I watched, I, at least I've watched season 7 now. I thought I had watched season 6 and I realized, ah, I, so if you have season 6, <laughs> just store it for me when I'm ready. I will tell you. But I'm telling you that you need to mature to a point where you know this is not the time for Game of Thrones. And if you can't do that yet, 
maybe for a while, shut down the entire TV. That's how you develop that kind of maturity. This is not the time to eat. That's all I'm saying. He was a man with like passion. He had to eat, he had to sleep, he wanted entertainment, he was no. But or and he prayed. So don't allow premiership or champions league or Messi or Ronaldo hinder your prayer life. That's what I'm saying. No? Don't allow Game of Thrones hinder your prayer life. Don't allow your job hinder your prayer life. Don't allow your challenges. You know, some people are so bitter and depressed about their problem that they can't even pray for God to come and leave the burden. Can you imagine how warped up things can get? And that's the power of depression if you allow it in your life to not be your story in Jesus' name. That's what I'm saying. He was a man of like passion, but he prayed. Tell somebody I will pray. Now, begin to look at the fine details. How did he pray? Casually? Eh? Look at your Bible. How did he pray? Casually? Anyhow? No. The Bible told us how he prayed. Fine details. Earnestly. So, some people are praying, but it's not earnest prayer. It's not heartfelt prayer. It's not, if you read Amplified, the, the, the Amplified told us the qualities of Elijah's prayer. And if you read the actual story that they were quoting when he called down rain on Mount Carmel, you will see the earnestness. Sent the king. First of all, he came to the king and said, at my word, there will be no rain. How did he get the word? He was in prayer before God. Then God gave him a prophetic word. Three years went by, no rain. Then he now came and said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And he told the king, go to your um, palace. And now went up the mountain to pray. The Bible said he prayed the first time. Sent his servant, go and check, no rain. Prayed again. Second time, nothing. Until the seventh time. Big lesson there. Don't move too much. Around the one I'm talking about. Some of you pray in January and February. We can't see you in prayer meeting again. You pray in February, January, and February, and March because there's no manifestation. No, see, it's in fact it's both ways. There's some people they pray in January, God give them a miracle, they stop the prayer. So by March the problem has come back. Some people they prayed in January, there was no miracle because of that. They got discouraged, they didn't come back for prayer in February. So by March the problem is still there. You know they're in the same boat. They told us how Elijah prayed honestly. Question: If by the seventh time that cloud did not show up, what will Elijah have done? That's what Anna's prayer is. We are staying at this thing until this rain falls. Why? I know a God that when I pray, he answers. You, you, you should come to that place that when I pray, God will answer. So all I need to do is to pray. Until the answer shows up. That's, that's what the Bible is teaching you there. Pray, stay in that prayer meeting until you see the result. Why don't some people fly? Don't read the fine terms and conditions apply. So look at the Bible wrote it. Number one, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and he did not give rain for three and a half years. Verse 18, and he prayed again. That's the key. Pray again. That's the fine details of prayer. You pray again. That's why pursuit in this church is seven days a week. Knows what seven days a week means. Entire life. Sir, when you are entering heaven like this, you are you go and do pursuits. Twelve no. You, you in heaven, you think it's simple because it's now part of your life. You, you say, I came for you. I oh, know this heaven, we don't do it to heaven. No. <laughs> Tap someone and say, Pray again. Pray again. That's how we talk. See, pray again. That's the secret. Pray again. Glory be to God. Let me begin to close. Hebrews 5. Jesus prayed and they had. So we know. Um, Jabez prayed. God granted him his request. We know Elijah prayed and the heaven gave rain. Hebrews 5, talking about Jesus, verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh? Look at your neighbor and say, You look like you're in the days of your flesh. So please follow this pattern. When he had offered up prayers and supplications, please watch the fine print casually. Eh? How did Jesus offer prayer and supplication? Eh? 
Ah, some of you didn't come to talk to your Bible. Jesus is Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? <laughs> <laughs> you see? You see? You see? Eh? <laughs> How did he pray? So, you see, watch. Oh, prayer, they tell us prayer. But they, you, 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 see, you see what I mean by fine print? What's the fine print here? Vehement cry. What does that mean? Passion. Passion. Not only that, watch another fine print. With vehement cries and tears to him that was able to save him from death. When you are praying to God, pray like someone that you know the person I'm talking to can solve the problem. It's not that it may happen, it may not happen. No, God can heal this sickness. God can raise me from death. God can provide the money. God can give me the children. God can turn my life. He, he, he knew what, so that's why he prayed passionately. And he knew that if I pray for this person I'm talking to, will answer. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? Maybe you are not praying. Or you are not praying. Or you are not abiding by the terms and conditions. Tap your neighbor say terms and conditions apply. Look at another thing powerful. Please check. We are still in Hebrews 7. Glory be to God. Fine prints. Somebody say fine prints. Fine prints. Fine prints. So we are telling you keys to flying. Number one is never underestimate what it takes for your flight. Sit down prayerfully and discover the cost. Number two, learn to put God first. Number three, particularly when you are not seeing the manifestation, go back and look for the fine prints. Who are the people that God answered their prayer? They are inside the Bible. What did they do that other people did not do that the Bible revealed to us? They didn't tell us they were drinking Ribena. They told us what they did. So look at what Jesus did. One, he prayed with vehement cries and tears. That's passion. He prayed to him that was able to save him from death. Recognize the ability of God. Can I hear somebody shout, my God is able? When you come into prayer with that attitude and mindset, I mean, it's like you, I'm telling you, you've already won. It's not a matter of whether it's going to get done. It is done. Hallelujah. That's why we are starting. We are starting this prayer from the point of victory. We are not trying to get the victory. It is finished. It is done. We already have the victory. We are just praying to manifest it. That's how you pray. Not begging God. God, I beg. God, I beg. I take God, beg you. <laughs> Only personnel will have come up with that. <laughs> I take God, beg you. <laughs> I mean, I take, beg, beg you. <laughs> Some things was only personnel you heard from. <laughs> but watch. Fine prints. He, he prayed to him that was able to save him from death. And he was hard because of godly fear. Huge fine print. Why doesn't some people's prayer get answered? They don't have any fear of God. Or they're not growing in their reverence for God. Huge fine print. These, these are things about prayer. So when, when you see that, I'm praying, I'm praying, I check whether there are a thing or two you need to learn about walking in the fear of God. We live in a generation where people don't understand the fear of God. That's why someone will go on, 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 on air and start talking about God, talking about church, talking about men of God anywhere. Anyhow. And some other church people too will be putting their mouth inside. No reverence for God. Not only that, and I love this, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. So, listen, suffering is allowed. Don't start feeling sorry for yourself because you are going through challenges. Like Reverend George, you say, why you? Why not you? Tap your neighbor and say, no room for self-pity. But as you are going through the suffering, Joseph, as you are going through the slavery in Potiphar's house, keep learning. And keep learning to be in obedience. Don't say, because hey, where was God? Where my brother sold me to slavery? Uh, if God turned my back on me, I will sleep with Potiphar's wife. You remain asleep forever. So he kept learning in slavery and he stayed in obedience. Obeyed God's instruction. Ah, 
um, Joseph told Potiphar's wife, he didn't say, how can I do this evil against you or against me or against Potiphar? He said against God. So his goal was to obey God. That's the fourth thing we're going to talk about why people don't fly. Obedience, the fourth word I'm going to, we're going to learn. A.K.A. What's the antonym of obedience? You know it, tell me. Rascality. Why people don't fly? They are rascals. You don't put a rascal in the air. He will kill somebody. That's number four. Number four reason why people don't fly or key to, so the key to flying, if you want the positive version, obedience. If you want to come from the pastor angle, don't be a rascal. In 2018, don't be a rascal, sir. We are not going to promote rascals, so. Particularly in Nigeria. God is tired. There are too many rascals in Nigeria. Rascals in government. Rascals in the church. Tell somebody enough is enough. <laughs> ah, you didn't tell him. Say enough is enough. So you, you learn obedience. When you are going through challenges, when it looks as if the answer hasn't come, what do I have to learn? Rise on your feet. One more scripture as we close. God answered Jabez's prayer. Tell your neighbor, God, we answer your prayer. God answered Elijah's prayer. Tell your neighbor, God, we answer your prayer. God answered Jesus' prayer. Tell your neighbor, God, we answer your prayer. So just pray, 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 pray. And abide by the terms and conditions. I love this text. Acts 4.31. Tell somebody we're in the upper room. So, these are the experiences of some people in the upper room. And when they had prayed, number one, just, we can't belabor it. Number one is that they prayed. Glory be to God. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Hallelujah. Acts 4.31. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. So God answered Jabez. God answered Elijah. God answered Jesus. God answered the apostles. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? No, sir. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. First Bank Bus Stop off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.